Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Brad this week. How are you, Brad? Good, mate. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, off the pitch we may be good, but uh, on the pitch um, probably not in the best of moods with City at the moment, um, especially after <laughs> this morning's result, uh, which we'll get to in due course. But we'll start with slightly happier topics of conversation with the QPR game that we had over the weekend, um, a 1-1 draw, Marcus Force getting his first goal for the club. Um, uh, obviously, the circumstances of the debut for Cartwright weren't too, too weren't too positive, but but to see another academy player get a go as well was great to see. Um, and, and probably in some ways unlucky not to win the game. In other ways, a bit fortunate to get the point with that that late winner ruled out for offside, which was uh, perhaps a bit fortunate. So a game that had a little bit of everything. How did you see it? Yeah, look, I, I thought as far as the game goes, we actually would probably take a point at QPR any day of the week. Um, and so the fact that I think in patches anyway, we actually looked really good um, was was a good sign. I suppose probably the only disappointing thing I thought was we just sort of, we looked, to be honest, like we could pass the ball around beautifully, but it was only sort of when QPR made a mistake that we looked threatening. Yeah. Um and and look, without overanalyzing thing, we some silly passing from out wide back into central locations when we're defending. I mean they QPR probably should have scored four with some of the mistakes that we made at the back. But look, a draw is a pretty good result and we could have still won it too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That chance that Lewis Potter had at the end in particular um was a pretty good one. Um, a little bit frustrating as well in the sense, I guess, that the, the goal that they did end up scoring just seemed like one of the goals that we've conceded a number of times this season with the poor marking, no one really picking up um, the player coming through to score the goal, um, which was really unfortunate for Cartwright because, you know, I'll be honest, when he came on, my, my biggest concern was whether he would stand up to the crosses, stand up to the physicality, um, and he did that, and he was fantastic. He, he you know, had I think a corner was just about his first action of the game. Um, and did really well. Um, so it was really unfortunate the manner of which he considered his clean sheet in the game. But um, um, it's a you know it's a sort of a familiar story for us, I guess. Look, I think you probably summed it up, mate. The goal looked like something we've basically almost practiced giving away on the training ground. Yeah. Like it's become so repetitious, and I suppose that's the frustration. I think if you took, I don't know, maybe three or four of those poorly defended situations out of the game, we look like mid-table plus side. But that yeah. concern is still there. And, and even I, I can't remember who gave it up, but we gave the way, ball away in the late in the first half at right back. Terrible pass. They should have scored but didn't. You know, It was basically more along the lines of we were trying to give it away at times where we just had to hold a nerve and be sensible and, and not try and be to flash. Yeah, and we'll sort of talk in a second about the Barnsley game, but I just can't put my finger on what it is about this side that, you know, you look at the performances we've had recently against Fulham, Chef United and our QPR, and then you look at the performances against Derby and, and Barnsley as well, which we'll talk about soon. But 
it's it's a really strange situation where the players seem to be able to focus when when they when they've got one task it's just defend stay resolute stay compact keep your shape they seem to do a job really well um maybe it's a case of rising to the occasion when we're playing bigger teams and maybe there's a bit of complacency when we're playing teams around us or, or it's nerves or i don't know what it is but um it's a really sort of jekyll and hyde city at the moment Look, it is, mate. And, I mean, I know we talked about this a while ago about rising or, or maybe putting more emphasis in the, who we're playing against. Um, but, yeah, it, it just smacks somewhat of maybe there's, I don't know if you call it arrogance because we're not world beaters, yeah. something in the preparation maybe even where we feel like, okay, against the strong teams we've got to come up with a battle plan that's more defensive first, whereas against the teams around us we seem to think we can just play some sort of natural style. But, I mean, without going into the Barnsley game, what a way to really deflate the situation considering you take a point at QPR, impressed with Fulham, Sheffield United, like impressive games to, to really say, okay, mid-table, here we come. And then now you're like, well, we're back in a position where if, if it wasn't for points docking, we'd be realistically right down there. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll pull up the table. Uh, when we talk about the Barnsley game, I'll pull up the table so we can refer to that whilst we talk. But before we do move on to that game, um, I'll grab your MVP vote. So I'll, I'll give mine first and then I'll grab your ones for this game um, and then we'll move on to Barnsley. But I thought Jones getting a start in this game was fantastic. I think I think it was his first start since his injury back in uh, October or whenever it was and um, looked really assured in, in that midfield role. Um I think I was saying to Logan, or it might have been Mike the other week, that I think him in that midfield role is actually a really good position for him because it means that we've got that flexibility where on the um, when we're defending an attack, he can drop back into that defence and make it a back five. But then when we're attacking, he, he's very naturally able to to push up and join that midfield. So um, got the three points for me for a, for a terrific game. Greaves probably got the two votes for me as well. I think another really assured game. He, he's... He's kind of hit a really rich vein of form the last couple of weeks as well and, and has looked really good for City um, in that position. Um, and Smallwood, I think the the, the, the the game against Derby sort of highlighted what we miss when Smallwood's not in the side and I think he was um, terrific again for QP, uh, against QPR. I would probably agree with nearly everything you said there, mate. I thought about whether I would actually give... Um, Smallwood a bit more credit. I actually think that I haven't been critical of him at all, but I just felt like at times you feel like Honeyman's doing a little bit more of the attacking role and Smallwood sitting back. But then again, we're watching Honeyman get right back into the back four at times. And I think I've been giving Honeyman a lot of credit for that, being a real hustler. But Smallwood seemed to me anyway to really command that spot. So I'm, I'm happy to give him... The three, it's maybe because I've been harsh on him before, but I think Jones looked a lot better because Smallwood was next to him as well. And I think he really worked yeah. well. They, they worked well together. Um, and probably it also coincides, I'd agree with you on Greaves, uh, but I think Greaves also had a pretty good game because he had time on the ball because of what Smallwood and Jones were doing in front of him. So th- three so Smallwood, me, two Jones, one Greaves. Yeah, I think so. So I'd be the same three, definitely. I think, I think KLP had a good game, but I think if he scores, probably the one chance that he really fluffed in the second half, if he scores that, he's, he's a match winner. But yeah, 
by his own lofty standards, mate, he wasn't quite there. No, certainly. Um, well, we'll talk about the Which Barnsley harsh, game. harsh, but yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, certainly. But um, look, we'll talk about that Barnsley game now, um, which which was certainly a much worse performance than that QPR game. Cartwright um, starting in goal, obviously, with that injury for Ingram. I, I was I was a little bit surprised that we didn't dip into the um, to the emergency market. I think we were looking at a free signing or a loan, um, but didn't end up doing that. Uh, we had Fleming come back in for Elder at left back and Slater started in place of Jones. Um don't really know where to start with this game um it's probably <laughs> one of the worst displays that i've seen at the at the mkm i'll probably put aside the the wigan game a couple of seasons back as that was an away game um it was just you know the two pound game we had our highest attendance since the spurs game in the um, premier league in terms of league fixtures and we just didn't turn up we just i don't know if it's the players were just sensing the occasion and, and kind of went into their shells i don't know if it was um the fact that we sort of talked about whether it's the fact that we're playing a bottom side and we just didn't really know how to deal with them. I just don't know what it was. Can you put your finger on, on what really went wrong this morning? Look, the only thing I can think of, mate, as far as being totally frustrated and annoyed is that we just didn't come to play from the start. Yeah. They came out like they were top four side. And uh, clearly they're not, and clearly their form guide's terrible. And uh, it, it, it was like two teams rocked up, but one came to play and one thought, oh, well, what's the first 20 minutes? Yeah. Um, and I think even statistically, uh, and I only saw the, the after-the-game stats, but statistically, other than um, possession, which is two-thirds of not much, um, they really came to play, and I think it was it was mentioned uh, when we beat. Uh, there was a game early in the season that we beat someone on the bounce, and it was more the fact that our tackle count was massive, and I felt like the game that, that Barnsley played was very combative, and from the mm. off, they were just having a real red hot dip. Um, Which is surprising. They, they, they're they the only side in the Football League, I think, who hadn't won an away game this season. So, of course, um, you know, we had Peterborough earlier in the season win their first away game against us and Barnsley get theirs against us as well. So, um, you know, it was a very out-of-character performance in that sense, but I guess maybe it was one that was overdue for them. Yeah, and look, typical of us to welcome someone to the KCOM and throw our weight behind helping them statistically, but... Yeah. Um, the one thing that probably frustrated me, mate, was even the second half. Okay, so you've had a bad first half, rubbish. You come out and really show them in the second half what you can do. We didn't fire a shot. Yeah. Um, and so realistically, yeah, sure, they were going to sit back a little bit, and as you probably would when you haven't got many points on the board and sitting there uh, with two goals stuffed in you know, by half time, But... Technically, at the moment, mate, that was more mentally than anything. That was an extremely disappointing performance. You can have off days, but I don't get why we were so off. What did you make of the substitutions? Because you talk there about the fact that they sat back in the second half. And I think Dan and I were both saying this morning in the chat that our, our, our first instinct when you look at Barnsley sitting back like that um, was that you bring on Huddleston because Huddleston as a player with the, the, the ball at his feet can unlock a defence quite quite magnificently with his passing. Um, 
and we turned instead to Doherty, who's been in pretty poor form lately and, and didn't really seem to offer much when he came on. Um, how did you see the manager's changes? And I guess, you know, as you say there about coming out in the second half and putting in a better display, we had against Derby the same sort of situation where we came out second half, conceded another goal, didn't make us up till the 60th minute. And again, this morning, no sub until I think about probably about 50, 55 minutes. You think, surely you make a change at half time. Surely you do something, just change it around, try to show some intent, but there wasn't really any forthcoming. No, look, and, and mate, especially like the manager's got this real, you know, charisma about him. And it wouldn't have surprised me if he subbed one or two at 30 minutes yeah. because the writing was on the wall that we were not up for it. Um, and he could have sent a real message to the playing squad, at least subbing one of them well before half time. Now, who I'm not getting into that debate because I think he could have probably subbed five or six of them by that stage. But um, the fact that he didn't make the change by half time is a really bad move because what he should have done is said, I'm coming out in the second half and I'm just going to absolutely have a go at him. Um, and like you said, Huddleston, it was probably tailor made for Huddleston to come in and sit in a 4 3 3, to be honest. I just have a yep. real crack. Um, they were clearly going to sit back. And the way they even lined up effectively was just matching us pos- positionally on the park since the start of the game, you know, with those sort of two holding midfielders. Um, I think they just came to sort of strangle us and then we'd get frustrated. And, of course, they probably didn't realise they were going to sneak two in by half time. Um, I-, I personally think, mate, he should have thrown all three subs at halftime just to send the message because it just wasn't on. We're now at yeah. the point where we're playing the bottom side who, let's face it, they are a basket case but not after this morning. Um, this is where you actually get the real 15th men on our squad to show that they can take advantage of a poor day out and there was just nothing there. I mean, the first substitution wasn't till well, over the after the hour mark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I've just thrown up on the um, on the screen now as well the um, the table as it stands. And we sort of talk about the fact that, you know, as you say, Barnsley is a basket case in 24th. And if you think if not for the points deductions of Reading and Derby, we, we'd be sitting there in 22nd at the moment. Um, I guess the question, I mean, we, we'll talk more about the game as well, but I thought, you know, um, the question is now, do you think, I guess we were already in a relegation battle, but how, how seriously do you think we're in danger of going back down? Oh, look, after the performance we saw, mate, you'd say, wow, you're in trouble. You know, we were terrible. We weren't just bad, yeah. but we, we were terrible. We never looked like we were going to get back into it. We never looked like we could pinch a drawback. Whereas, I hate to say it, but even up until the last few games McCann was in charge, we had a couple of off days, but we weren't bad. Yeah, you know, We had teams that really outplayed us and made us look average but we were never terrible um but we were absolutely terrible and that's more of a worry that okay you can say it's a bad night and you're playing against a decent side but let's face it they weren't a decent side they were just up for it yeah yeah no no wins in five now uh what's that 13 points ahead of derby but they do have the two games in hand Reading with the win this morning as well, back-to-back wins for them now, so they're getting closer to us as well. I, I'd always thought, I guess, that Reading were probably the side to drop into that bottom three, but the worry now is they've changed manager. If they start to put, 
put wins together and get past us, then that's a big concern as well. We've got Peterborough this weekend, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, but yeah, table starting to to make for worrying reading. Um, I did also want to touch one more player I wanted to touch on before we give the um, MVPs and move on. Marcus Force, who was quite noticeably absent from both of our MVP votes in the QPR game despite scoring. Um, mm. you know, I don't know if you've seen the stat about Romelu Lukaku on the weekend for Chelsea having seven touches for the match as the lowest amount of touches, I think, since they've taken the records for a player playing 90 minutes. And I reckon if Marcus Force had played the 90 minutes, he would have been, I reckon, less <laughs> than seven touches because... I don't yep. think he touched it in the first half and then might have had one or two touches in the second half and then came off kind of clutching at his hamstring or his calf or something. Um, it's it's a hard one, I guess, and, and that's why I want to get your opinion on force because it feels like we're not really playing to his strengths, but then at the same time, he's not helping himself out much either. Look, he's not. And I suppose the thing, I mean, he is reasonably young, so we, we give him that. But the thing that probably interesting interests me the most is I don't know whether he's actually the ideal man to lead that line. He's obviously a good player. We're not saying he shouldn't be in the side or mm. or anything like that. But when you play like, well, forget the way we played this morning. Look at the QPR game, for example. Um, yep, score's great. That's all good. But as far as lineups go, he doesn't seem to be the man, I think, that can lead a line on his own. Yeah. Um, and especially against QPR, the one thing that I felt that was probably helping us a little bit was obviously it's the devil you know sometimes, but with QPR it felt a bit like our forward pressure was giving their defence a little bit of trouble. Um, and not necessarily in the box, but just the way they, you know, they played that back three. Um, I felt like with KLP and... and um, Longman that we moved wide really well. So we stretched that back three and got in behind the fullbacks um, or their wingbacks. But when you look at it that in, in that game anyway, I just felt like maybe Force looked better because Longman and Lewis Potter seemed to get to very advanced positions. Whereas yes. when you look at the game last night, I mean... Well, you could yeah, he, just, he seems very isolated. At all, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's what I think. That's, yeah, I'm waffling, but that's basically what no. I think. Longman and Lewis Potter, same lineup effectively um, in that front three or four that you want to look at. Um, but they just didn't seem to get in behind. Forces then sort of having to contain and, and wrestle with a back four rather than a back three. So, straight away, he's got effectively two central defenders covering him. And he just didn't look like he was up for it. And to be honest, yeah. he sums up, I think, the way we started the game. Their back four, I think, thought we're going through this bloke early and we're going to make it a hard day for him. Uh, whereas the QPR game, I think they're more worried about KLP and the wider players than that back three. Yeah, and I look at the fact that when Smith came on for him, Smith almost had a touch within seconds of coming on, won a free kick. And, and that's not necessarily to criticise force, but I do wonder if that says to me we do need to switch back to that sort of 3-5-2 formation and have a partner up there for force if if he's fit and if he can if he can um, back up either this weekend or next week. Because um, that's the other worry as well is we're just getting so many injuries in our forwards with Eves out, um, Elijah out, and now force potentially out as well. So it could well be that Smith leads the line against Peterborough. But I, I think 
I think the last two displays have certainly shown that I think going back to a back three, especially with Coyle out injured, um, seems to make the most sense to me. Yeah, I'd agree. And the one thing, mate, as well, we know like with Doherty, he can get forward, he can advance well. And I think as well that whilst, again, we still didn't play that well and nothing changed, but when Doherty came on, I think probably Smith would have felt less isolated as well. Their back four was very flat in that last 25, 30 minutes, but it was almost like Doherty pushing up the pitch a bit and Smith pushing as well. They were prepared to have a crack, although they didn't fire a shot. They still pushed that line. Whereas, well, there was um, there was that there was that chance that Smith had off um, a really brilliant Slater through ball, um, where uh, Smith probably should have scored from it, but but that was yeah probably the best yeah. chance that we had. And but you know, we're, we're talking about a minimal change, but I I, yeah. I did notice like we can say that the second half wasn't fantastic. There was definitely a change when the substitutions were made. Um, yeah, and again, result was still the same, but at least we tried something. The key, like you said originally, mate, was it should have been done earlier. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, all right, um, how about if you want to fire off your MVP votes first, and then I'll follow suit. <laughs> if you can find to. three, if you can find three. Uh, yeah. uh, I gave a few few sympathy votes, so maybe you, you can probably. Yeah, well, you would, would you uh, look? Um, uh, at this point, I would probably say, ah, uh, look, I really Smith, and that was only mainly because I think we might have looked better when he came on marginally. Uh, I think Slater had a good game. As far as you know, we we oh, look. I'm grabbing at straws. I think yeah. Slater probably Smith and Slater get a vote each, mate. That's probably it for me. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, I, I went Slater for the three votes, probably for similar yeah. reasons. I think, and and to be honest, if anything, it's really just for that that pass through for Smith, and the fact that of the three central midfielders or the three holding midfielders, however you want to call them, he was the one that seemed to have the most desire, the most energy, tried to get carry the ball up the pitch. Um, Cartwright, I gave two votes for. I think he, as a full starting debut, can't fold him for either of the goals. Made a really great save at nil nil. To keep um, to keep Barnsley out, so I thought he was he was fantastic in goal, and then yeah, Smith the one vote kind of you know throwing himself around the pitch, giving a bit of energy, and I mean you know that that's all I can really hope for in, in out of this game, I suspect. Um, mm. All right, well let's let's move on. Then we'll do the triple flashback feature, and this one is actually a bit tricky. I'm sort of running out of ideas, so I'm pinching ideas as we get through <laughs> the week. So they're, they're a bit more themed for the games that we've had, and um, I caught on the commentary the comment about. Um, the fact that we like scoring late goals against QPR and it it, it prompted me to sort of search through the record books and it, it reminded me we've had two late winners and a late consolation goal against them. So all after the 90th minute in recent years, I'll give you the years as well because I want you to name okay. the players and the players oh. are going to be challenging. Um, I can give you hints as we go, but so the, the seasons are 14-15, so the relegation season under Bruce. Uh, 15 16, so the championship promotion season under Bruce, and then 19 20, so the relegation season under McCann. So, if that sort of helps give you ideas for which players might have been around in those seasons, we had <laughs> a, I think it was a 2 1 win, a 3 2 win, and then a, a 3 1 loss, I think was the, the final one. 
Okay. This, this could be a bit. This is probably the most challenging so, one we've done. <laughs> what was the the first one? You said fourteen, fifteen, was it? Yeah. Okay. And was that a home or away? Uh, it was away. I believe. Oh no, it must have been at home because we played them away first day of the season. And this is a player that we signed in that January window. If that 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 uh-huh. might not help at all. <laughs> I don't know. No. Okay. Um, so QPR, so that's 14, 15. So you'd be going back to like, um, uh, Brucey. And he was only with us. I want to say he was only with us for about six months. Right. Oh, wow. (laughs) So it's, 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 I've got these faces. Yeah, I know. He scored a few. He, he did score a couple of goals. I think he might have scored four or five goals for us. So it's not like he was too random, but might be a challenging one. Um, okay, so fourteen, fifteen. I would think. Um, no, I was going to say, uh, but if no, I, I I can actually picture the face, and I was leaning towards. Our um, FA Cup semi-final first goal scorer, who you love to oh, celebrate with the with the Sagbo. horns, Sagbo. Yeah, but Sagbo came later. Uh, it's definitely before him. And oh, no, this is um, after. This is the season after. I mean, sorry, after him. But I'm thinking yeah. it, it was like Sagbo. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. It's a it, that's a good shout because it is a similar sort of. We signed him from a European club, so played for about six months, um, and then left us. It was. Uh, Darman Doy, if you remember. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So so the second, oh. one's, second one was with us a bit longer. Um, I think we signed him, again, it was a January signing in that 15-16 season, but he stayed with us for three seasons, scored a particularly famous goal in the following Premier League season, if that gives you a hint. Oh, I know um, um, Yeah. My mate who went to the U.S., um, yeah, 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 yeah. You've got it. Uh, oh, far out. I used to, <laughs> if you go back on the podcast, I used yeah. to say how he used to love a challenge. Like he was, I know he was very much maligned. Yes, he was. he was. I used to rate him because I thought statistically when he played, we looked a better side. Um, uh, you got to be careful what you say, don't you? I was going to make another comment. Um, <laughs> All I remember. Look again. I'm not. Uh, I think you've. I think. I think you've got it. You've given. Given me. He so scored the overhead. The, yeah. the Joint overhead with Hernandez. Yeah, Adama Diamande. Yeah, yeah that's it. Diamande. Yes. And then, and then the third one. So these are these are all players that have uh, uh, transfers involving January. So he only just left us in this January gone by, which I think probably gives us, you know, one player. I probably given that away. It's probably too easy a clue. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if that helps, I don't know. Maybe it isn't. Try uh, me. Try scored, me. Scored, scored, oh, I want to say 15, no, maybe 10, 15 goals for us last season. And oh, then Wilkes. was sold. No, no, no. Uh, no was sold, was sold um, just now in January. You got me, mate. Uh, Josh McGinnis. Oh. Why do I get Wilkes and Magenis mixed up? 
That was definitely I the hard. I, 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 uh, I need to find the right level of these where they're not too difficult. But no, no I, was, I look. I think they were quite good. They were yeah. quite good, mate. I'm I'm impressed with that. Because, well, I mean, you gave it away when you said the the goal in the following season because that's the first game I thought of was that Leicester game. Yeah, but, I was. Um, I was like, I, I, it's a good. It was, I like it. It was good. Yeah, it was good. It was I good. Yeah, to everyone for not getting Magenis right. <laughs> Now I'll be interested to see if, if people can get those because I do have I do have memories of Ndoy because like he scored that goal against he scored the goal against Villa he scored a winner against Palace I think oh, he scored he scored three or four goals that season um, and that was that period where it was like oh we've signed him he's doing well we're going to stay up uh, and then it it all went to pot but uh, anyway um, hopefully just on that. has Magenta yep. scored yet I don't think he has he I've seen. Yeah, I've seen three or four Wigan tweets of the ball's in the back of the net, but Josh Magenis is flagged for offside. So I think he's taken his <laughs> his offside habits with him to Wigan. Oh, well, I don't unfortunately feel for forgetting for forgetting him. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully, hopefully a few, a few better fortunes for us over these coming next two games. Um, be a pretty interesting couple of games because we start off with mm. Peterborough this weekend, who've just sacked or. Um, uh, Ferguson's actually just resigned at Peterborough. And I think from all money, it's probably going to be Grant McCann who walks into that job. So <laughs> considering we have Grant Mc- potentially Grant McCann's Peterborough and then Steve Bruce's West Brom as our next two, it's um, going to be a pretty interesting seven days. But look, things can't get much worse than the Barnsley game, I guess. I hope. I say with some trepidation, but I guess the question has to be where where to from here? What what changes for the for the Peterborough game? Uh, and how do you see that one panning out? Well, I think the one thing that you don't want to have to do in these situations is just totally overreact. The problem wasn't the players because the players have done the job at different times. It was something was off. Um, so you've either got to say, well, the preparation or the turnaround time from previous game or even what happened at training during the week, like whatever it was has yeah. just got to be totally reviewed and, and turned over, and and probably what I would say is got to go back to the probably the Fulham game, just to see how um, prepared we were, because that that last night was literally like a joke of a performance, um, and again, I don't think it matters whether Grant McCann's there or not, other than he would have made changes. There was something wrong. Yeah, and I think at the moment it may actually be as well that Barnsley seem to have come out with this little bit of. Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't watched their game, so I don't know. But they seem to come out with we're going to defend pretty deep, but we're going to try and get in behind them at the other end and almost play that stretched out game, which I would have thought really suited us, because we're great compact passing. We're really you know we can stretch teams everywhere with our passing. I think on our day we can pass as good as anyone in the league. But how can you not against the bottom side be able to stretch them out? So I think he's just got to basically say, look, I'm not going to tinker too much with it other than this is how we prepare for the game and this is how we start. Yeah. Um, It'd be a good test for the manager because really we know these players can do it. We know they can. Um, Sure, a couple of injuries in the front third, we know that, and that's always a, a bloody problem. But, you know, our defenders and midfielders, they're all quality players. They're not bottom-of-the-table players. Um, so it's up to the manager to find out a way to get the unit back in, in check. 
Yeah, that's it. Um, I, I guess the main concern is if Force is out injured, if, um, you know, ha- how we line up, if Baxter and um, Ingram aren't fit for the game, if we play Cartwright and goal again, who, who, look, who looks fine. Um, but my concern is also just there's not a whole lot behind Cartwright now. So all of a sudden, if we get a red card or, a, or an injury to Cartwright, it leaves us incredibly exposed. So um, it sounds as if we're not going to get any injured players back for the weekend, which is a bit of a problem. Um, mm. Probably means Smith up top to start with. We've sort of already talked about in, in talking about the Barnsley game, whether we switch back to a three-five-two, which I guess in my mind means you'd have, um, you know, Bernard drop back into that mid, into that defensive three, probably slot Longman in at right wing back. I'd say probably Fleming at left wing back, which then frees up Lewis Potter to play up top with Smith is probably how I would do it. Mm. Well, I mean, look, the one thing, like you said there, the fact that, that Smith came on and, well, he performed, um, to me, means he's got to start. And this is yep. probably the challenge, mate. When you know who you've really got in your sights as our best possible players, forget the formation, pick who you think is really up there for this game this week and change the formation according to that. Okay, the, the formation that we've been playing, we know works. You know, in but, but if, well, I say that after last night. It's a bit of a joke. But we know that playing at times more with, I think, uh, a back three uh, could be the way we have to actually counterweight the fact that, I mean, Peterborough aren't a great side. And this yeah. is the problem. It's all the same as Barnsley all over it again. So don't come out with a back four or even try and you know play that four, two, three type system. Just just come out with something that's reasonably attacking so you're not worrying about having a striker isolated. Honeyman, we know, loves running into that attacking box and creating mischief. Same with KLP. So let's just do it. We'll use it. Put the formation together that does that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No wins in their last five. They've got Fulham tomorrow morning as well. So hopefully that's no wins in six um, to give mm. us a good platform. Um, Has McCann know, been of, appointed yet? No, but no. It seems it seems pretty likely. I mean, I'd be very surprised if it's not. I think Darren McAntony, the um, Peterborough chairman, has been pretty positive about McCann after we sacked him. So I think it'd be pretty interesting if he wasn't to. And, of course, McCann was manager there. Um, before he was at yeah. Doncaster. So it seems yeah. like Peterborough recycling a couple of managers now. But, um, um, yeah, I, th- I think they've said that they're not going to have a new manager in charge for the Fulham game. Um, but I guess I you, you'd expect it before the weekend. Um, I sort of said before this sort of stretch of Derby, Barnsley and Peterborough that if we won all three of those games, we'd be essentially safe. And, unfortunately, it's now looking like if we can get one one win out of the three, that would be pretty nice. Um, do you see? Do you see a win coming in this game? Or, you know, do you think? Do you think we can turn the performance around that sharply, or, or, or just it's going to be kind of a scrappy draw or something like that? Oh, look, I actually think we'll win, um, and that's because I think you probably summed it up, mate. The fact that there's going to have to be a lot of adjustment, not just because we were poor, but you've now got some blokes playing three games on the trot. Um, I was probably surprised a little bit whilst we changed the formation a little bit. Uh, sorry, the, the lineup a little bit against Barnsley. I actually expected us to change it a little bit more. I'm not saying yep. anyone's pushing anyone out of a spot, but 
man management's the key in this, especially in this league. Um, and I sort of felt like, well, yeah, Huddleston not getting a run. Um, again, we know he's not right on the pace, but he's he was worth a crack. Um, I just think he's got to basically say, look, who is the fittest and best team mentally to put on the park this week? And then I'll build a, a formation to do it. So I think we will do it. I think Peterborough are probably realistically going to be underprepared. And I would hope for once that we would definitely be overprepared um, after that performance. So I think we will beat them, but I can't see it be any more than a 1 0. Fair enough. Um, well, speaking of 1 0s, it's a West Brom side after that who have been struggling to find the back of the net themselves. So it could be another low scoring game in that one. Um, Bruce was appointed their start of February, and I think that they've lost their ball or that they're un. They're, sorry, I should say they're winless in their last five games. Um, they hadn't scored in four of those, and then they finally got a goal this morning against Sheffield United to break that. But really, really bad run of form for a side that was sort of challenging for the top two. I think they're sitting in ninth now. Um, so they've really fallen off the pace. Um, I heard the statistic that since the year, since the, the 99-2000 season, West Brom haven't finished below sixth in the championship. So they've either been in the Premier League wow. or they've finished top six in the championship. So um, quite a stat. And the way that they're travelling at the moment is uh, far below that. So, you know, you sort of you sort of naturally look at this West Brom game and think this is a relegated side. This is a really challenging game. But they're, they're really they're, they're there for the taking in the sense that they've got a bit of, um, bit of a soft underbelly at the moment, I guess you'd say. They're, they're very much looking quite vulnerable. Um, and hopefully Steve Bruce doesn't doesn't turn us over for his first win as um, West Brom boss. <laughs> uh, well, we're good at helping teams out with yeah. form, so that's that's probably that's one the worry. Um, are, we, are we at home or is that away? Um, I believe it's away. I'll just double-check that. Because the only thing I thought of, like if it, if it is away, I'd back yeah, it it's, a, it's at home. No it's, home. It's, it's at home, actually. Oh, so, shoot. So the, right. the posh game's away, but the West, Rom's game, West Brom game's yeah. at home. Because you can imagine, you know, the West Brom away, oh, I'm, yeah, they're a good side, even though they're in a form slump, you know, and, and we always seem to really turn it on against teams when we play away that we're not meant to grab anything from. Um, and, and even and, and, the Q. I was just going to say, you know, I've just checked the fixture. I actually thought this was this was midweek next week. It's actually on the 6th of March. So we're doing a very early preview for this game. But anyway. Oh, well, well done, mate. That's good. See, now what we're showing the manager here is we're prepared, yeah. right? Well organised, yeah. Lots of good prep here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, well, look, hopefully West Brom uh, do themselves a favour and turn one around um, and make sure that uh, they get a win on the board before they play us. Yeah, because I think we we really need. I mean, what have we got? 15, Fourteen games to go. Is it 13, 14 games to go? Uh, no, it, actually, we're it, ahead, aren't we? Twelve. So we don't have about games to go. Yeah, yeah. So with twelve games to go, okay, we know there's what half a dozen. There's a dozen points on the drop, but with a couple of games in hand um, and a form could, guide could like we're showing at the moment, yeah. You know, and, and let's face it, the only thing that's probably saving us is whilst Barnsley, okay, they beat us, we were average, at least they've won a game in the last month. Uh, well, I know we haven't, but Peterborough haven't either. Yeah. So um, it's a dangerous they, they, sort of... They beat, they beat, they beat um, 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. Barnes Barnes did have a win, but I can't remember who it was against now. Um but yeah, I mean oh, West Brom okay. have West Brom have Swansea next, so so that could be a win for them before they face us. I'll have a look. Who did Barnsley yeah. beat? They beat QPR, of course. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. So I mean most of our thinking at the moment's just gotta be, mate. I don't think it matters who we're playing. The the manager, this is probably the best test of whether this manager can cut it or not. So I know we're not getting into a debate as to whether he can do the job or not, but there's obviously a lot of critics out there to say, look what's happened since he took over. Um, But this is the one, you know, you've got a team that should have won a game, didn't, and were really poor. How well can you turn this around Um, and see whether the players can respond too? Yeah, and look, it'll be interesting. So I think this game will actually end up being after the international break, it must be, or because we've got the game against Peterborough this weekend, um, and so then it must be... Oh, no, of course, it'll just be... be No, I think it must just be next weekend. Um, February is a short month, so that must be it. Oh, um, of course, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you're not that far ahead. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought for a second that I had the two weeks in in hand on the game, but not too bad. But, yeah, look, if they can beat Swansea, it gives them the monkey off the back in that sense. And then, in a way, maybe that softens, softens them up for us rather than has them going for the win as desperately as they would be otherwise. But, look, it's a bit far ahead, I guess, to, to predict any um, changes to the side for that one. But, I, look, I, I think it just comes back to that. That Peterborough game is pretty vital for us to get three points on the board. As you say, we're kind of running out of games in the season now, and just have to keep that distance between us and the uh, and the bottom three. And look, the only thing that probably helps us is whilst Barnsley have been pretty poor this year, they haven't been um, leaking goals like Peterborough have. Yeah. So uh, if we can't get a result against Peterborough, that's it. It almost comes down to the fact that their defence is is that bad. Yeah that and it, we yeah. have to be able to do the job. And, and that's it for me. I mean, this morning, uh, this morning, the loss to Barnsley, I wasn't sitting there saying we're relegated or we're in. Yeah. I mean, I was concerned about the performance, obviously, but I think that Peterborough game, for me, back-to-back poor performances would be a massive red flag. So we need a result yep, against agree. Peterborough, need a bounce back, and hopefully we will. I mean, how will... bad do you think they were? Yeah. I mean, in your opinion, how bad do you think we were this morning? Um, oh, look, it's it's certainly the worst performance of the season. Um, it's a hard one because I, I look back on that 19-20 season and, and the sort of the slip into relegation where we were on the, the verge of the playoffs and just thought there's no chance that we're going to get sucked into it. And I think this season we're a lot closer to it to start with, but we're a lot. we're also picking up points here and there. We're picking up wins here and there. Um, so I'm not... I'm not sort of riding off the season by any means. And I think you look at the fact that over the last, call it four games, we've had what? We've had Barnsley, QPR, Sheffield United and Fulham as the four games. Mm. And you think of of that four group of four games, only the Barnsley game really stands out. And I'm being a bit selective. I'm ignoring the, the Derby game as the fifth. But two points against QPR and Sheffield United, you think that's that's pretty good in our last three games. You think... Yeah, if we get three points against Peterborough, all of a sudden that's, you know, five points in our last five games, essentially. And that's actually not not the end of the world. Um, but we've mm. we've got to bounce back. If we if we lose to Peterborough, then it is it is panic stations in that sense, because you're suddenly you're giving a lot of points to the sides below you and you're running out of games that are so called easy games to win. Um 
maybe it means going into the end of the season when we've got games against, you know, the Millwalls and the Lutons and the so on who who have nothing to play for. Maybe that's actually a good thing, but you start kind of clutching at straws when you're trying to spin, you know, whatever fixture you might have as <laughs> the best fixture to have. So, yeah. Yeah. I guess no, we'll I think say. you're right, mate. You're happy to say it's a blip. Yeah. It's to me, mate, you hate to say it because you want to win. But even if we see some sort of absolute turnaround in fight, would show that we're up for it. And I still yeah. wouldn't be even concerned if we did lose to Peterborough, but turned in a real gritty effort. I would be concerned, but I wouldn't be still thinking it's all over. Yeah, that's but, right. If it's if it's a three 0 or something, that's a very different picture. That's mate, you know, yeah, you've got to turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Well, thank you for turning up for tonight. Thank you for joining me. Yes, this week. thanks, mate. Cheers. No worries. I just thought that was a good segue. I wasn't actually. It wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't suggesting anything. <laughs> it's just a good segue. No, no, that's good. The- <laughs> it is, mate. Yes. Um, and thank you everyone for, for turning up and listening as well. <laughs> so that one as well. Um, if you haven't already, um, give the video a like. Um, subscribe to our channel as well. I'm trying to hopefully get towards 150 or 200 subscribers on the channel by the end of the season would be a fantastic effort. Um, So please do that as well. But let us know your thoughts as well on the games that we've had and the games that we have coming up as well. Um, But until next time. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. Tigers are roaring and destiny's calling Cause now is the time Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back cause you're